And welcome everyone to Films with the Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and with me here tonight is my work friend Jess. Jess, say hello to everybody. Hello, I'm one of the women in Brennan's life. Yes, she is. <laughs> is one of the women in my life. And tonight uh, is our inaugural episode, our first episode, and we will be reviewing Green Book. Green Book uh, came out, yeah, yeah, well, we love Green Book. Uh, Well, do we love Green Book? Uh, (laughs) Came out this past year, 2018, directed by Peter Farley, uh, who you will know from such hits as Dumb and Dumber, Shallow Hal, and uh, possibly There's Something About Mary, those those really excellent films that... uh, you I know. think you for, you forgot Dumb and Dumber too. Oh oh yes, and Dumb and Dumber too. I, I almost forgot. How could I forget about that excellent? Yeah. So <laughs> the guy, you know, not exactly critically acclaimed films, but uh, this year, I mean, Green Book was able to get several Oscar nominations. Actually, won the award for best picture, uh, best screenplay as well. Uh, came off a budget of. 23 million currently has 145 million at the box office still out in a few places so that could that could tick up but uh yeah a bit of a surprise surprise hit i don't know if anyone was expecting the the, the minds of dumber and dumber to uh come out with an oscar an oscar worthy film but you know there you go <laughs> so uh i'm gonna give a quick summary here of the plot and then uh i'll give you the breakdown of how we're going to go about reviewing this so, uh, Green Book is about a working-class Italian-American bouncer uh, gets fired and becomes the driver of an African-American classical pianist on a tour that venues through the deep south of America in the 1960s. And this stars Vigo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali in the titular roles. Uh, I guess not titular roles, but uh, we've got Vigo Mortensen as Tony Lip, the bouncer, and... Uh, We've got Mahershala as Doc, uh, Don Shirley, who is the classical pianist. So uh, I guess, Jess, what are your, uh, after seeing Green Book, your first impressions of the movie? So we saw Green Book after it came back in theaters when it became an Oscar nominee. So I kind of already had high hopes for it. Um, But I actually, I don't think I had any idea what it was about. This was kind of walking into it blind. I knew it was going to be good. (laughs) So it's kind of just... Yeah, before I saw it, it was going to be good but blind. Um, so I really liked it. Uh, it was, I think, honestly, the best part was the character interactions throughout the movie. When you first start watching it, it's just like this old time, everyone's talking different. It kind of brings you back in history. I'm just like, oh, God, what am I getting myself into? I'm not a history <laughs> buff, so I <laughs> can't tell you what exactly <laughs> the era is or what socially was going on at the time. But you could tell, like, there was women weren't, in power um there was a lot of racism it was set in that tone but yeah i liked how it all came together at the end and there was a lot of growth in it and we laughed a lot oh yeah i think so yeah we saw it together in a theater full of i mean we were easily the youngest people there by 30 40 years something like (laughs) that it was a nice date night i mean i guess they let people out of retirement home for a date night and um (laughs) and everyone wanted to go see oh from the 60s I, i remember that i'm like i do not remember those um, but yeah, I, I, I have a similar feeling. I mean, I, I knew a little bit going in. I knew the basic premise. I knew the two, who the two characters were, um, not in real life. I had never heard of them in real life, but I, you know, understood the, what it was going to be. And, 
uh, yeah, once the nominations started coming in, I'm like, oh, wait, it's probably something I got to see. I missed it on the first run. But, yeah, yeah I, I really liked it. I think I agree with you that the characters, the two of them in particular, who, you know, they are the movie. They're 90% of the movie. They work really well together, better than I was expecting, honestly. Like, that that was probably the best part for me was just the two of them interacting. Um, you know, it starts kind of... They're, they're I mean, even comparing not... just from the very beginning when Tony had a, like a couple workers, um, a couple black workers come over and fix something to where he threw the, his their glasses away to like the very end, the Christmas scene where Doc comes and spends Christmas with them. Like it's just black and white, literally um, complete opposite. <laughs> but it, the whole movie was just a gradual growth of them just becoming friends. And it was it's really cute. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I totally agree, and I guess we you know, spoiled a little bit at the end, not a major plot point, but uh, and we'll go into some spoilers now, so if you haven't seen it, uh, I think we're both saying you should go check it out first, and uh, we're going to give you a little bit of a breakdown of, uh, you know, how we are going to rank these, so we've got four categories that we uh, cover each movie by, and that's uh, the plot, it's like the overall story, um, the characters, so that involves not just the character uh, itself, but the acting, you know, how they interact with other characters, uh, the visual and sound kind of like the directing style of it all, how everything looks and, you know, sounds to the audience. And then uh, an overall feel, the resonance, the, how does it, you know, it, it can be a really technically done film, but does it f- hit home? Does it feel is it something you can remember? Um, and then, you know, after that, I think we've kind of already given away our position, but we'll give an overall recommend or not recommend of this film. So, uh, I think we just get going here, starting with the plot. Um, on a scale from one to five, it's got to be about a three and a half for me. Uh, kind of, you know, a, a, above average, but not great. Um, I liked both of them a lot, but the the story is kind of meandering, especially in the beginning. We start with Tony. He's a bouncer at a bar, and he gets kicked out or fired, I guess, because he beats the shit out of a guy um and it seems like he's done this before he plans it all he plans this whole thing (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was it it was a um it it was strategic it was a strategic uh, (laughs) yeah so it was a strategic plan to uh to further himself with uh i guess he's like a, a mob boss of some sort um i was exactly clear on what it was but that's kind of the thing is like you get that at the beginning. He yeah, so stumbles. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was just a little confusing how it started out. Yeah, so I guess before we go any further on the plot, what did, what's your rating on the on the plot as overall? Oh, I give it a four. A four? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. So yeah, I mean, he it's kind of meandering. He he and he literally meanders into a job interview. Definitely not qualified at all for. Uh, like a kind of like a driver, but also like a personal assistant to uh, Doc. This is where we meet Mahershala about you know like twenty minutes into the movie, and he is eccentric. He's got like all this gold and weird trinkets in his office, and he's interviewing person after person, and they're all kind of terrible. I mean, not terrible, but boilerplate, boring. And then you get you get Tony come in, and he's abrasive. He's loud he's i think it was a national bullshitter or whatever he called himself yeah (laughs) it was something like that yeah uh, and 
that that was another thing is like he's going on a tour. So that's another part of the plot. He's going on a tour of the Deep South. He's a really famous piano player in the North and really well known. He could easily just keep playing those shows, but chooses to go somewhere where, you know, 1960s Deep South is notoriously racist, especially at that time. So you got a guy who's kind of, it's not a death wish, but he wants to go to these dangerous places who hate him. And I guess that's kind of where Tony's like, uh, you're gonna need, you're gonna need, there's gonna be problems. Yeah, he just pretty much calls him nuts. Like, why are you doing this? You not know what time period this is or where you're going. Um, and also, yeah. Tony really needs money too. So I think more of he thought it was kind of weird, and he he was gonna be apart from his family for some time. But once he knew what the salary was, he was all for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> you know, this guy is rich uh, clearly, and he's like, oh well. I mean, <laughs> for that. And uh, oh, we haven't even talked about uh, uh, Viggo Mortensen's wife, uh, played by Linda Cardellini. I don't know if you've seen her or anything else. She's in all kinds of random random stuff. You probably uh, – she was Velma in the old Scooby-Doo movies. Uh, really? I remember that. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. She was on the TV show Freaks and Geeks, which is a really good show from, like, the late 90s. But – um. You know, she's in a lot of different, like, small things as, like, a supporting role. And she's not in a whole lot, but, uh, like, yeah, you could tell that, you know, him and his wife are clearly kind of, like, struggling, especially after he lost his job. Um, so, you know, I think we could talk, I mean, the, the plot keeps going, but uh, the characters, and this is the strongest point in the movie for me, uh, was Tony and Doc. Uh, I give out of five, the characters, four and a half stars. They are, they are great, not just by themselves, but together they have a great banter and repertoire. Um, I mean, it's the only reason it's not a five is because we don't really get much of anyone else. Everyone else is kind of, you know, a character. They, they, they all get the job done, but Mahershala and Vigo together are just excellent. So, um, and yeah, we can start to get their banter as soon as they leave and begin the tour to the south. Uh, what I mean, what, what did you think of the characters? Of the I mean, I gave them a five. I thought it was excellent. Five yeah, stars I mean, would would go again. <laughs> <laughs> would go again. I mean, they they're the they're, they're it's, it's just shocked they're me so, how good they were they're together. They're so opposite. Yeah, so they were not good together at first, and that's what makes it just so cool because they were good together at the end um i mean they both learned from each other it wasn't just tony learning from doc or doc learning from tony like they both got different perspectives of each other's lives like when um this part really surprised me when tony found out that doc was gay and his reaction was just like oh i know it's a tough world for you guys like i've i've seen it before and it was just so much more yeah. <laughs> and understanding because coming from this, like, you know, this tough guy kind of in the mob, you think he'd be homophobic or something. But he was surprisingly really good about that. And I'm sure he had no idea. I mean, maybe he had a little idea, but I'm sure it wasn't on his mind at all. But that part really showed that Tony grew as a character a ton. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally didn't. I mean, I didn't know... Uh, Don Shirley and I didn't know if maybe in real life he was gay or not but yeah I didn't see that scene coming before that I mean he's also Doc is pretty pretty obviously an alcoholic I mean he's always getting drunk there's an earlier scene where uh he gets in a fight with these these this group of uh like rednecky kind of guys in a bar and then and Tony comes in and just like like 
scare. I mean, he scares him off. Basically, he doesn't like beat the shit out of him. I probably could have, but and then <laughs> and it's stuff like that where like he's clearly helping uh, uh, Doc like kind of keep a, his head on his shoulders because Doc is kind of transient and going all over the place. But well, that's the thing is during the day, Doc is really like he's distinguished and he's like all together and very like eloquent. And Tony's like a slob. I mean, we would talk about like how he, the number of scenes where we watch Tony just eat shit poorly is oh, yeah. crazy. Now <laughs> like I'm super super hungry, or is he something I really like? I always think of that scene where Tony is in the hotel room just eating the shit out of some sandwich. Oh my god! <laughs> like, that might be He's... the resident. That's what that's what takes home to me is the scene of Tony eating the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes the move. That that's the turning point. <laughs> the pivotal event. Yes. <laughs> the pivotal. No, I, if we're gonna pick an eating scene that's a pivotal event, I'm thinking uh, Doc's never had fried chicken. Yes, and, he, yeah. And Tony loves fried chicken, like loves it ridiculously. And he gets and he starts to get kind of racist with it. He's like, "You don't even know your fried chicken is delicious. Your people love it." And he and he's like, "That's you can't say that." Yeah, and Tony's like, again. "It's delicious. I don't know what you guys are talking about." Like, this is an example is how they both learn from each other. Yeah, like. And oh, and of course, Doc tries it. It's delicious. Oh, and uh, <laughs> uh, so the uh, Tony's throwing like all the bones out the window, and Doc's kind of loosening up and throwing them out there. And then he throws, I think, like a a cup out the window, and Doc's like, "You got to go pick that up." Like he just stops, like he makes him stop the car and go get it. So <laughs> that like like he's still got to teach Tony like basic human manners. <laughs> and oh, yeah, another no great stealing, thing: no littering. Um, oh, when he tries to steal the rock. The wheel. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. Don't talk and to then, strangers. Oh, yeah. No, never. Oh, <laughs> and um, the that's another thing is that between the two of them, when the uh, Doc helps Tony write the letter because he's terrible at writing, he's trying to write back to his wife, and... He he he's like you are you're like um you're warm like a house or something like that like I can't remember exactly and Doc's just like that is awful you cannot send that to her you can't you can't compare your wife to a house that doesn't sound so basically Doc like she's a brick house <laughs> yeah it's, it was it was before that came out I think so I don't know if oh, it well uh... never mind this just shows how bad I am at history <laughs> and I think that might be the inspiration of that song is uh, it could have been Tony. It <laughs> I, I very much very much doubt um but yeah oh and then another thing between the two of them uh is tony's getting insulted that gets pulled over by that cop uh it's in like the middle of the night and the cop's making fun of him and he's like yeah you're driving a black guy around in the south you can't that's dumb don't do that like just dumb racist stuff and tony fucking punches a cop and so they, they go they spend the night in jail until they get a call from oh who was it who called uh, like the, the mayor the, or something uh, oh no it's um it's it's uh, Bobby Kennedy the, <laughs> the attorney general like he called he calls them and he's like yeah he's like I called in a favor and Tony's like that was awesome you got us out and he was like that was not awesome I had to call in a favor and like it's embarrassing and like Tony's just like no you know the attorney general that's sweet like they're just they're just, the opposites uh, their opposites thing is just really it really works throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it really does. But, but then I, I think the Christmas scene just ties it all together. Like going back to what you were saying, how Doc is always drinking. I think 
Tony understands his depression. Like, he's a black guy, but he's not like every other black guy. He acts like a white guy, so he can't really have anyone to relate to. He also talks oh, about how he's, um, he's closeted, isolated. So. Yeah, he's closeted. He's isolated from his mom. I think he mentioned he had a brother he hasn't talked to in years. So Tony recognizes that. So it's not like he pities him, but he kind of understands where, com- where he comes from. And at the end of the movie, um, Tony has to get home to Christmas or else his wife, I think, was pretty much like, you're never welcome here again if you don't make it to Christmas. Um, and Tony's driving and then, what is it? He falls asleep and the snow is really hard. But Doc just like piles through. Um, he does his favor because he knows how important it is to be with his family. Um, and then at the end, they make it. But... Um, Tony invites him to come inside and Doc is just shy. He's like, no, never mind. But at the end, he comes and he's welcomed by everyone. And that was just, yeah. that. Oh, that surprised everything. me. So, the, um, so uh, yeah, like the family is like, it's a bit, you know, it's a big like, stereotypical, but I guess probably true, like Italian family and they're all there. Um, Sebastian uh, Manis. Maniscalgo is that his name he's like a comedian and um that's that's uh Tony's brother he plays Tony's brother and he's remember him he's like the he's like the basically the only other one that gets speaking lines in the family like majorly (laughs) and um and yeah when he comes in everyone like they kind of like it's like silent for a second and then uh someone breaks the silence just get this man a plate and then they all just come sit down and like they just welcome him in because, yeah, Doc is you know, an incredibly lonely, like kind of sad figure all the way to all the way to then. Um, but that's like the whole thing is like, yeah, that's why I think, yeah, you gave it five and I gave it four and a half. That their their friendship at, like that grows from kind of animosity is it makes the whole movie. And you can um, see like how proud his wife was that he, she could tell that Tony grew not only in his letters, but letting Doc in and. She was she was really proud. Oh yeah. Oh, and um, th- that was like the last shot of the movie was she she uh, she hugs uh, Doc. She's like, thanks thanks for helping him with the letters because <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she, she knew very she knew. obviously that 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 there's no chance that Tony could write anything half decent. <laughs> like, uh, so um, yeah, that's I mean characters were great uh, visually and um, like sound wise. You know, I gave it like a like a four, like a very like a very solid above average. Um, like everything looked really good. The it had this sound. Like, I gave it a three five. Yeah, just kind of I mean, like. A, I just feel like that wasn't the biggest part of the movie. I think residents and characters were bigger. I mean, visual and sound were great. Um, there weren't any visuals or any cool shots that really stuck, struck out at me. I mean, driving you can see the scenery, but it wasn't anything super significant. The, I mean, playing at the mansions and seeing everything back in the day was nice, but it wasn't anything that I was really heavily over. But it wasn't necessarily bad. No, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it was a problem. I, it it fit the movie well. There were a couple scenes that for me that I actually remember pretty well, and that's when um they stop on the side of the road and uh, there's a bunch of like. Uh, they're not, I mean, they're not slaves, but they're like, it's just a bunch of like black people working in the fields and they, and Vigo is like fucking with the car and Mahershala gets out and he's like in a suit and they all kind of stop and stare at him because like, you know, it's this white guy driving a black guy in the South. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen. And it was like, 
you know, it, that, I mean, that scene really stuck out to me as far as like something I remembered, like, oh yeah, like they're in a place that is different back then. And, um, and then the other one that stuck out to me a lot was, uh, I guess we haven't really talked about it yet. The, like the last show he's supposed to do, um, it's at like a, this really nice, uh, country club, but it's like a whites only country club and they refuse him dinner service in the in the dining room with all the you know all the white people even though he's the one he's the one playing the event they're like it's a tradition we don't we don't let yeah. black people eat in our dining room I'm like oh dude Ugh. that's that's, that's, like f- a that's so fucked because you're just like well, what the? it just and yeah, makes it, no and like, sense no and you like, you like you yeah we sitting here like what the fuck like he's playing like he's he's the guy and they, they're like you can eat in your uh, dressing room which is a storage closet it's like a janitor's closet literally a closet there was like a mop in there i'm pretty sure <laughs> oh there was yeah he had like a little table and like a little like fold-out table in there like that was his like his station to get ready but oh uh, so yeah and, and like his whole band is all white the the three like other guys that kind of travel along with them um and like a separate car so you never you don't see them too much but like they're all sitting in there and vigo mortensen's allowed to go in there um but then, yeah, I mean, Tony almost loses his shit, and he's about to beat the shit out of a, the main guy, uh, the main, like, host of the party guy. And um, they just leave. They just don't play. And uh, he go, they go to that, um, that, I guess, the black bar down the street, and it's, like, this divey, like, like, you know, rowdy, fun little place. And, you know, it's, like, I, it, the, 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 I like the contrast between the two, the white only places like really clean and very yeah. old south plantation super stuffy oh super stuff everyone's yeah, <laughs> everyone's dressed up they're all old and they just look they just look up like their noses are all just turned up at the world and yeah. then you go to the other bar and they all stop because Vigo Mortensen's walking in like now he's a guy who's like uh you, you know this isn't you know <laughs> this is like a, a black bar and the two of them go in, and that's where they he uh, what was it? Doc goes up on the piano, and he plays like instead of playing what they call white people music, where it's like um, like you know old classical music, he kind of lets loose and does like like jazzy kind of piano riffs, and everyone's getting into it. Yeah. And for you know, and that's that's something like at the beginning. Doc was like, I never want to be pigeonholed or typecast as the as the you know the jiving black piano player with the glass of whiskey sitting on the on the uh side of the piano and going all wild he's like he wants to be dignified and then this he find like but he also can't connect with his people and finally he's just like ah hey, you know what like i'm just going to let loose and like vigo's proud of him and you know yeah and he enjoyed it too it's not like he regretted it or he felt super out of character i think he he liked it no yeah he felt like he he felt like at home not at home, but like he felt like he com- it was felt more comfortable than he thought he would have been. Yeah, like he was trying to always fit in this world that he wanted to be in, but they didn't want him. And then this other world, you know, that's this whole thing. He was caught between all these worlds that that he didn't feel he didn't feel in, and he was able to just kind of kind of be there and like be okay with everything. But um, yeah, and then I guess as a overall resonance. Uh, what would you say for like a, a score for the overall like feeling, the resonance I, as you had at the end of the movie? I gave it a four, close to. A f- uh, yeah, I don't know. I gave it a four. A four, yeah, mm-hmm. that's same. That's that's what I went with. So like, you know, obviously we talked about 
the two of them and like all their misadventures and everything that they grown to to be with each other. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really it's a great movie. It's not anything that would really make you cry. There weren't any scenes that were super emotional. It was kind of just just an overall or just watching somebody grow up and learn and mature. Yeah, that, and that's the same that like I'm. You know me. I I cry at so many <laughs> movies, and like this wasn't one. Even though I was with them the whole time and I felt for them, I, yeah, there wasn't like a tear jerking moment. Um, it was like a light. Like we, I mean, we laughed throughout. I don't know if everything was meant to be as funny <laughs> as we we found it, but it's um, it was yeah, like it was just a really good feeling throughout. Yeah, it's and, just kind of just watching two buddies who wouldn't necessarily become friends become the best of friends. Yeah, like an odd, yeah, like the the odd couple pairing. That I mean, that's the that's the thing in the movie is that the two of them just work. They work so well. Yeah, and it was um, just honestly a very happy ending. There was nothing, like no, open questions or nothing that was really sad or hurting. It was just like a you walked out of that movie and you're like, oh, that was so good. That was great. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it was like they, oh at the end too I love how they um they show like the real life photos of them at the end and like how they were like then they were stayed friends like after this for like I think the, they both died in um 2013 so they basically friends for like 50 years after that like and it's yeah it's just crazy how they like legitimately became friends after like this one I think it was like a couple month long tour. Who would have known? <laughs> Who would've, yeah, you didn't even know. You didn't even know the plot going in. <laughs> I was totally blind. <laughs> totally blind. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, that. Co- I mean, we've talked about pretty much the whole movie. Are kind of our favorite parts. And uh, uh, Jess, would you would you recommend Green I Book? I would recommend. Completely recommend. Who's this? Uh, who's this for? Because I know like a lot of people were like old in our audience, and like you know. We, we, we like all kinds of different stuff, but, like, as a general audience, yeah, who's, I mean, who's... Probably not something you want to bring your younger children to, but I think more of, like, high school and up, I would say, would really appreciate it. I mean, I think you could probably relate more if you were uh, living in the 60s and you could think back to when that actually happened to you or someone you knew or your relatives. That probably hit home a little bit more than us who just learned it from a textbook or from what our parents told us. But I think, um, yeah, I would say... Probably high school and up. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think definitely the crowd we were with is the majority of people who are going to get the most out of it. I think so, you know, like the f- like 50 to 60 and up crowd. But there's something here for any- anyone who's, you know, an adult. Yeah, like you said, I don't think, I don't know if kids are going to find, it's going to kind of go over their heads. There's there's some stuff in here they probably shouldn't see anyway. But, you know, as, as, a, <laughs> as a whole, I think um, this works for, this works for most people. And, uh, and yeah, that's the thing. It's like even people who don't like, you know, dramatic kind of films or they only like a certain type of movie. This, I think this has cross appeal for, you know, it's just a really good, really good uh, pairing, the two of them. And I think most people, uh, whether you like dramatic stuff or like, uh, you know, period pieces or not, I think this is, this is something that, that could be for anybody. Yeah, I think it's a movie you could play on a date night or even if you're just on a Saturday afternoon and it's raining and you don't know what to watch, like, oh yeah, well, throw it on whenever and- this comes across streaming in like you know a couple months or so, like, and you and if yeah, if you've missed this, definitely, definitely check it out if it comes across streaming. 
um, it's something, yeah, you could easily just put on on a weekend or you know a night you don't know what else to watch. That it's it's an enjoyable watch. You're you're gonna you're gonna be engaged and not feel you know bored or looking at your phone or whatever. Like you you'll I think I think this is good. Cool. I think we're good. All right. So um, yeah, Jess, any other closing thoughts on Green Book? Uh, nope. Just enjoy it. As much as we did. <laughs> yeah, just enjoy it. Watch <laughs> it in a room full of old people and laugh way louder than all of them. Um, <laughs> obnoxiously so. But all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening, for downloading. Um, keep keep your eye out for more movies. I think our next movie uh, I'll be doing with Jess is going to be Cold Pursuit. Uh, that is the new Liam Neeson movie. Um Com- yeah, completely different from this one. Oh yeah, yeah, we're yeah, <laughs> we just people know. I know this is our first show. This we don't only review Oscar darlings and um, you know, like we we run the gambit and uh, Cold Pursuit, <laughs> an extremely different movie from Green Book, which we will we will be talking about uh, another day. But uh, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, just as just, you know, you know, the show is uh, the films with the women in my life. I have a few other. Uh, co-hosts who will be on later shows um the other the other women in my life so um <laughs> yeah uh, but you know we love having jess on so uh thank you jess Aww, uh thank you. and uh signing off this is brennan and uh enjoy your movies thanks for listening to films with the women in my life if you enjoyed being a listener in our life subscribe to us on itunes Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.